for the Geelong Times. This is the warm-up with Warlow and Moons. Oh, hi everyone. Welcome along to the warm-up for the very first time. My name's Matt Warren here with the big hairy cat. Cam Mooney joins me in the studio. Big show coming up and we've got a big year for our brand new show as well. So welcome aboard to the warm-up. Moons, welcome in to you, mate. Hello, Warlow. How are you, buddy? Very, very well. You've been doing... The rounds. We'll get to some of the interesting things mm. you've been up to this particular week. But Just this we've week. heard you a little bit more on Fox, I reckon, during the season as well. You're in the studio, you're doing the bandry, you've got the bounce. Well, we're doing a lot more work there at the moment. And I think um, when Nick Rewalt decided to uh, up and leave us and go over to the US, which is something that he'd been talking about for a long time, taking the family over there. Obviously, his wife's Texan and they've got this huge ranch over there, family ranch. And he said all he wanted to do was go and spend some time over there. So he took off. Made a little bit more work for the rest of us. All of a sudden, you're picking up some mm. of the crumbs, mate. Would yes. you don't mind? You no, don't mind it's doing perfect. that. I love working at Fox. Uh, look, we've got heaps coming out. We're going to touch on some local footy um, very, very soon as well. Another big weekend coming. I just love local footy. That's coming up soon. We've got the marketplace. We're going to throw some of the headlines as well uh, and a special guest a little bit later on as well. But, mate, uh, firstly, I want to start before we get into anything is the news during the week. This is very, very interesting. You are getting the gloves out. I am, I am Rocky. And you are Rocky Balboa. You were taking on the big Tommy Bell Chambers well, coming yeah, trust up. Trust me, he's Drago. Jeez, he's huge. <laughs> he's a big man, that's for sure. Um, that's coming up next month. You announced yeah. it during the week. Mate, talk us through how this came about. Of course, you were going to line up a few months ago with Fev, and that sort of didn't eventuate yeah. in the end. Tell us a little bit about this one. What's happening? So to, so to go back, so there was a, a, a fight night, for, a footy fight night. And myself and Fev and Swanee and the Adam Cooney, and there's going to be a few of us Going on a bit of a fight night. Uh, it fell through in the end, so I'd been training. And as I've said all along, it's something that I've, I've wanted to do for a long time. It's an itch I wanted to scratch. Uh, unfortunately, I probably should have done it when I, when I retired, but I, I jumped into work and was so caught up in with Fox and SEN yep. and all of those type of things. Uh, and anyway, so this opportunity came along, fell through. So Will Tomlinson, who uh, we're going to get on the line in a minute, he gave me a call. So he's been, he was looking after me down at Wildfighter, his gym down here at South Geelong. And he said, mate, there's an opportunity for, for a fight on, a, on an undercard on, on a big fight night. And which is what you wanted originally anyway. Which is what I originally, I said to the guys, I said, look, a fight night with old footy players isn't going to work. I'm sorry to say, no one <laughs> wants to really come out and watch six bouts of old footy players trying to hit each other. It's not yep. going to work. And obviously it didn't work. So to get on a get on an undercard of a of a big fight night in Melbourne was you know something that that's really exciting to be honest. So Margaret rang, Court Arena, yeah, as Margaret well. Court Arena, twenty fourth of May. He rang me up, said, "Are you interested?" I said, "Well, I am interested if you know if the price is right, mate. <laughs> always interested." <laughs> Came back, the price was right. So um, yeah, I said, "Let's find a fighter," and we found Tommy Bell Chambers, who was an absolutely ripping person, lovely man, Tommy. Um, so we had a bit of a chat the other day and. Had a bit of a laugh, but so uh, good. no, we're looking to, to go in there and give each other a bit of a smack around. And that's the thing you said uh, during the week about, oh, I want to put him on his backside, have a bit of fun with it. You're there at the press conference with a number of other fighters. How's that? That's a must be a surreal it moment for you as well. It wasn't what I was used to, I'll let me tell you now. Was. So I was on uh, with Fox Sports, so I was doing the coverage with uh, Megan Barnard and the great Barry Michael. Um and anyway, so we knew the whole plan was I was saying hello, welcome, blah, blah, blah. Here we are at the press conference. Yep. And then I was going to run up on stage. So we did that. I ran up on stage and I'm sitting there looking around at all these professional fighters and going, what the hell am I doing here? But we had a bit of a talk and it was, it was good fun. First time I've ever done it. I was a, very much a fish out of water uh, doing a, a boxing press conference for the first time in my life. 
Because I've I've seen heaps of those UFC ones in the past where they really do you know give oh, they ham it snack. up and they were they were into it. A couple of the boys were really having yeah, a crack and at each other. I mean, you're in. A, uh, I'm sure, and we might speak to Tommy a bit closer to the fight. Yeah. I'm sure in fun and games and promotion that there will be a bit of back and forth between you you two. Um, oh, yeah, to, absolutely. Which is all part of it. Which is part of the theatre of, of boxing as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out over the next few weeks. But that's a yeah, that's a daunting situation to be in. There's some professional fighters there that this is their livelihood yeah. going through their paces going through this is what i got to say this is what i got to do and you're in the mix of all of that so that's well the promoters unreal. talked about they look, they do it up in sydney a lot and up in queensland as well and they get the nrl boys in it and it works you know they come yep. in as an undercard they really enjoy it it gets a little bit of more promotion i guess with with, with sports people um professional sports people in, in nrl and now they're trying to do that with the afl down here. yeah it has the cut through paul yeah, gallon's been a prime absolutely. example sonny b williams has done it plenty of times in the past exactly so right. you've got that cut through. so that's what they're trying to look to do there and, and, and like i said it's something that you know i've done boxing for a long long time uh, it was probably my main source of i guess fitness outside of actually you know being on the footy ground and running uh, used to box two or three times a week did a lot of sparring, sparred a lot at North Melbourne when I was young. Used to get in the ring with, you know, the likes of Mickey Martin, Wayne Carey, John Longmire, you know, these big old big men when I was, you know, 18 years of age and got the absolute, you know, what punched out of yeah. me. Yeah. Um, but loved it, you know, and that's what being in there. It's I find it I find being in the ring, you know, you can hit the bags, you can hit the mitts and all of those type of things, and it's a great workout. But you could be in the ring for, for one round and you might throw four punches and it would be more exhausting than if you did 20 minutes on the bag. Yep. Like it really is because you're mentally just, you're fried because you're trying to work out, one, not to be hit, two, how, how you hit your opponent. Uh, and it's, it's, I find it's like a chess game with a punch in the mouth. Yeah. So it's one of those. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's amazing. I love it. Uh, and look, I'm really excited. Well, Moons, joining us on the line is a man that's going to be looking after you for the next uh, four or five weeks. Absolutely. It is Will Tomlinson from Wildfighter in Geelong. Will, thanks for joining us, mate. Um, you, he's got a bit of work ahead of him. Yeah, a little bit. We, um, <laughs> he's in to Nick for an old fella, but um, <laughs> just need to sharpen up those uh, tools that he has and um, you know, get a bit of sparring in under the belt. He should be sweet. Mate, uh, we, we had a bit of a chat yesterday, Will. We went down to the ring and um, down to Wildfighter and had a bit of a bit of a whack on the mitts. Um, absolutely cooked me after about 10 or so minutes. Uh, but I guess we talk about our training program and what we need to do, and I guess we'll let everybody know. What do I need to do? Yeah, well, yeah, luckily for me, we're, yeah, we're not starting from ground zero. Like You come to me with a bit of uh, boxing knowledge and a decent level of fitness. You've obviously been coming to the gym for a while, so your conditioning, you know, yeah, punching is decent. So we just got to, yeah, get dry. You said you had sore hands yesterday. Come on, I was hitting them well. We still need that more fight-specific training and movements under your belt, so a bit more sparring and partner work and, you know, get those old feet feet moving, work (laughs) on your footwork a bit, Um, get that head movement happening, um, and that'll all come from the sparring that we're going to do over the next, few weeks so we'll aim to start that probably next week i reckon i'll get get a couple of heavyweights in there and someone with a bit of height to try and replicate you know the the bit of a height advantage that uh tommy might have over you so do we have like an ivan drago down in geelong just someone like that that i'm going up (laughs) yeah we need yeah we need we need someone like that as high as fury look alike yeah he certainly is just on that mate um i think it was mike tyson that said that uh, everyone's got a plan until they get hit. Um, smacked in the mouth. What does smacked in the mouth? What does what does that mean? What does that feel like for people who don't 
sort of, um, I guess, realise how it all comes together in the boxing ring. Um, once you get hit, it's a different ball game. Yeah, everyone has a game plan to get punched in the face. Um, yeah, so, well, the aim is not to get punched in the face to begin with. <laughs> True. But second to that, like as I was chatting to Moons about yesterday, like, because this is, yeah, the first fight, his first fight, and it's going to be such a big occasion. The trick is just controlling your uh, your thoughts and your, your, um, you know, your mind when you're actually walking into the ring and keeping a level head when that bell goes so you can... You know, stick to what you know and follow a, a very basic game plan that we're going to develop. And generally, the fighter in you know in their debut, if they can stick to that, they can, and they're fighting somebody also in the same position. Then generally, they can you know get the win. So the the aim is just to you know keep a cool head, which might be difficult for Moon, but <laughs> keep a cool head and you know box to a very you know, basic specific game plan and. Um, and he should be sweet, I reckon. Bit of a Ross Lyon sort of really defensive mm. and then try to get something on the counter attack. Just try and get something late. <laughs> One yeah, before so, the bell uh, and then yeah, sit like, down. <laughs> I was also saying to Tommy uh, to Cam yesterday that because, you know, like Cam, it's Tommy's first fight as well. There's, he's probably going to make a lot of mistakes that Moon's is going to be able to capitalise on. So all that just, you know, keep it that... Um, yeah, cool head and that open vision to try and you know, pick those mistakes and capitalise off them and land those counter shots. So I'll well, keep the haymakers out. That's what we're saying. Yeah, some are. <laughs> yeah. Well, mate, we'll, uh, we might touch base with you uh, a couple of weeks out from the fight and see how the training's going along. Moon reckons he's going well, but obviously it's early days. Uh, wildfighter in Geelong, South Geelong, I believe. Uh, go and uh, hit up the website mm. and get down and do some training if you're interested. Thanks for joining us, Will, and uh, good luck with it all, mate. All right, thanks for having us. See you soon, Will. Great gym too, let me tell you. So if you are in Geelong area and you're looking to do a little bit of boxing, wildfighter down in South Geelong, you will not be disappointed. Fantastic, mate. Are you feeling a bit nervous? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you're putting your reputation on the line. Yeah. And you're putting, you know, you're going in there to, you know, if you, like you said, if you do cop one and you fall on your backside, you know, it's, it's not great. Especially early. Yeah, especially <laughs> early. But in saying that, I mean, everyone thinks that's going to happen, but... We're two guys who are completely raw and have never been in there before. Yep. We'll probably dance around for, for half of yeah, it. Yeah, a lot, of, even, lot no, of hugging as yeah, well. Yeah, not even throwing anything. Yeah, so I, we'll reckon that, go, I reckon that'll be the go. Footy coming up on the warm-up as we look forward to, to this weekend's round of footy as well. We'll go through the games a little bit later on. But some news as well we're going to get to in just a moment, Moons, because the AFL 23 game's coming out and they've announced some legends. Stick around. We're going to go through that it? next. No. The Geelong Times. This is the warm-up with Warlow and Moons. For the Geelong Times. This is the warm-up with Warlow and Moons. Still plenty to come on the show. All thanks to the Geelong Times. And we're going to go through the weekend preview a little bit later on as well. Some big games still to come in round seven of the AFL. But Moons, during the week I saw this and it confused you, I think. So, look, I'm a bit of a gamer. When I say a gamer, like, I've just played FIFA my whole life. I don't play Call of Duty or any of that sort of stuff. um, I'm sure people love it. It's great. EA Sports. EA Sports, yep. NBA, Mm. mostly FIFA. Love it. Great. Do all the, you know, pretend you're a manager, coaching, all that sort of stuff from the trades. Well, the new AFL game is coming out this year. It's been slightly delayed. There's been a... um, uh, there's been some shipping issues, let's yes. just say, but it is coming out very, very soon, and it looks fantastic, to be honest, because we've had some dodgy AFL games in the past, although 
Nintendo back in the game when you back in the day when you could be Canberra and Darwin on the mm. Nintendo AFL that actually wasn't too bad. Too but bad. but but recently it's been you know, slightly dodgy. But this week they've announced twenty three legends that are going to be included on the AFL twenty three game. Now you saw it differently. Well, when you this came is where I it. got confused because I didn't know we we're talking about gaming, and I just saw twenty three legends, and I thought, oh, they're naming got some players here to, to name a legend or two, in, like nominees for nominees. becoming a Hall of Famers. And then I started going through the list, and I thought, there's a couple of names here. If they're on this list, where the bloody hell am I? <laughs> Now, yeah, do you want to name names or you just want to just leave Oh, them well, look, again, because I thought what, what I thought was going to be, I'm not sure Campbell Brown was ever going to be a legend, and I love Campbell. I'm not sure I want a tagger in there in uh, Kane Corns either, to be honest. <laughs> he might be in the firefighters' <laughs> legends status. Yeah, exactly. No, but some amazing names, and I can't wait to go through a little bit of who I would pick in my game. Yep. So I'll just touch on a few. So you've got your, your superstars, your, and I'll read through them in no particular order. Your Greg Williams... Um, your Joel Selwoods, mm. Darren Jarmans, Michael Voss, Stephen Kernahan, Nathan Buckley, Matthew Lloyd, uh, Paul Kelly from the Swans. Used to love him as a kid growing up. Um, who else? Wayne Carey, uh, Gary Lyons in there, Matthew Richardson, Nick Rewalt. So there's a huge list of, yes. I'd say, about 36. In fact, it is 36 players. Um, I just want to go through a few that I thought were odd and get your reaction yes. in terms of AFL legends. So uh, let's go through some names I thought were a bit strange. Jared Harbrow from the Gold Coast Well, Suns. yeah, I'm not sure where Jared fits into this one. Um, look, beautiful halfback flank and classy, so maybe that's what they're thinking on a game. You might just need that little guy who can sweep and just, boom, hit some yeah. targets. He, although I think they're probably trying to give every team a legend or two, which I think this is why they've done this. Shane Mumford. Well, I thought Gary Abbott could there. have been in there then if they're going to do the, the Gold Coast one. It's I would imagine. Maybe it's I a licensing deal. Yeah, maybe they couldn't agree terms. Yeah, I think Gaz might have uh, <laughs> asked for a little bit too much money on that one. <laughs> I reckon that might have been the case. <laughs> Let's go through a few others. Uh, Michael O'Loughlin is a superstar. He is a Mickey. I That's, love Mickey. That's uh, a great player. Um, Peter Everett, very good player, Peter Everett. Yeah, He's very good, mix. very good, Pete. Um, the big spider. David um, Neat. He wouldn't get my number one ruck roll, but no, very good. David Neat is a legend. Legend. Yeah, yeah okay. Neat is a dead set legend. So there's only really a couple you've got also in there. You mentioned Campbell Brown, Pab's in there as well, Fletcher's in there, David Cloak's in there, uh, Simon Ooh. Black's another absolute legend. So I think they're just trying to even out the numbers a little yes. bit, but there's a pretty good list. But well, um, I'll tell you now, I'm going to go. I'm going to tell you the guys I'm going to pick right. just for my game. Okay. If I'm setting up my team, I'm sure you're probably only allowed one, but I'm just saying if I can, I'm going to grab a few. Okay. So I'm going to go with Brad Ottens as my ruckman because Brad Ottens was Mr. September yep. for the Geelong Football Club, absolute superstar. Now he would tap it down to who I think is arguably the greatest stoppage player that we've seen in the last 20 years at least, maybe of all time, in Simon Black. Yes. He had one of the best hands. He had the best hands, his ability to find a target in someone like Diesel Williams, who would just sweep around nicely, left or right foot, absolutely beautiful. Diesel would, was my man. Would Diesel be still chopping up in this day and age? Oh, absolutely, because yep. he's just too smart, yep. too smart. His speed's going to hurt him, but... He rates himself too, Diesel. Oh. <laughs> if you've <laughs> ever heard, if you ever heard Diesel at a sportsman's night... Not even just no, sportsman's night. If you haven't... Night. Just do yourself a favour and go and listen to him because it is hilarious. But Diesel, left or right, would hit up the man that I grew up idolising, Steve Kernahan at centre-half forward. Just bang, right on the chest, hands out, boom. And as this beautiful Darren Jarman would be running past, give him the handball and arguably the greatest kick across his body that we've ever seen in the game. 
would just smack it straight down the middle of the ground, straight up Dun- Dunstall's throat. Jesus, you've named some names in there. Was Jason that would be, in there? That, Is he in yeah, Dunstall's there. That would be yep. my that would be my guys who I'd be picking because I got those guys. I don't think it's going down the other way, so I don't have to. You worry don't about need that. a Jared Harbour. I don't side need. It, and I don't you, need a Glenn Jacko. I always absolutely love Jacko. Yep. All right, there you go. Uh, have your say. AFL Legends are hopefully coming out very soon. But it looks good, Xbox and PlayStation, but there has been a, a bit of a halt up there. Interesting, uh, speak about some of the big forwards there, Moons. Um, Jason Dunstall, of course, goal-kicking superstar. Been some questions around this year with can we get to 100 goals? Can potentially Jeremy Cameron get their extra game this season? This is what Chris Scott firstly had to say during the week. Could Jeremy do it? I'm sure he could, but, but I think our team would be poorer for it. What that would do to our team performance, teams have come to the conclusion that if you are reliant on one player and that goes wrong, you'll get beaten. Does he really mean that, or is he just sort of tying out the line? He'd love to see him kick 100 goals, surely. Uh, well, a little bit of both, um, but he won't kick 100. To kick 100, you have to have... I was talking about this the other day with somebody you probably got to have at least three games, at least, where you're kicking double figures. Yep. At least. Because you're not going to literally kick, four, I think it's nearly five goals a game. It's four and a half. Four and a half it's, There's an extra game now, so there's yeah. 23 games. And I know that's plus what, finals. I know that's what Jezza is, is uh, averaging on. right yep. now, but um, the, way the, game that is pl- the way the game is played defensively, all of those type of things, it is so hard now to kick 100 goals. So bloody hard. It really is. So you need those big bags. That's why Lockett and Dunstall and Ablett, um, that's why Modra, that's why they kicked those hundreds because they would kick 12s, 13s and 14s during the year and they'd do that multiple times. Yeah. And that's the only way you can do it. And I think it is difficult because you get that, I think what Chris Scott's saying there, and probably not a bad point, is that if you cut off an avenue or you've only got one avenue to goal and they cut it off, yeah. then obviously that, that makes it very difficult. Uh, Chris Scott also this week saying that uh, he backs the Tassie team, thinking that we've already got too many players on AFL lists anyway, so he doesn't see it being a pro- problem that there's actually the talent is there or not because he thinks that we don't need that many players on an mm-hmm. AFL list. Having said that, I want to talk about Tassie in just a moment, but AFL reserves is, I mean, how relevant are we still making that? We've got 20-odd teams now in the, in the I guess, the VFL it's still called, including uh, mm. New South Wales and Queensland. Back when you were playing, mate, the AFL reserves was very, very different. In fact, probably even when you first started out, it was a club. Now it's very much divided. Well, AFL reserves really for the AFL clubs is a, is a development league. Yep. It really is. And that's how... I guess Geelong. So when when we came when I came to Geelong in two thousand, uh, that was when I guess teams started to go. Either you had your own standalone team in the VFL, or you went and uh, joined uh, an original VFL team. So we had a standalone team because Bomber Thompson said, "Well, this is about development. I want these guys to play our way. I want them to train our way. Uh, and so when they're ready to come up into the seniors, they know exactly what they're doing." Now along the way, we were lucky enough to win premierships in the VFL, which is great. And if you got the chance to do it, absolutely, you go 100% you try and win a premiership. But the main thing is is to develop your players the players way that ready. you want to do it. You can um, – because if you go to – for example, if you're, if you're aligned with, just we'll just say, Williamstown, and you've got a Williamstown coach who's not aligned to – who have they been aligned to? Say Western Bulldogs, just for example. Yep. Plenty well, of teams in the yeah. past. Yep. Western Bulldogs go, well, we want player A, B, and C to only play this much game time. Well, the Williamstown coach is trying to win. He's going, well, hang on. And keep his job. Yeah, and keep his job. So <laughs> that's where it didn't work. And that's where I think a lot of the AFL clubs now have realised it's really hard. And unless you have somebody coaching uh, Sandringham, for example, you've got to be aligned with St Kilda. 
You know what I mean? Or yep. something along those lines. So then you can still work it the way that you want to work it. Because if you've got an AFL club and a VFL club who are knocking heads on, let's play this guy here or let's play this guy this much time, it's not going to work. Well, then, having said that, then, what's what's the point of having any club that isn't AFL aligned? Or Sorry, not AFL aligned, that isn't an AFL club. So you're, you're, you're Port Melbourne's of the world, you're, um, you're Frankston's of the world who aren't aligned. What's the What's the... What's their relevance in the league? Well, I guess they're trying to find they're, they're trying to play in the best league that they can play in. Yep. Because they've still got players out there who one who want to play at the top level probably aren't going to play AFL, but they still want to play at the top level. And you've got uh, guys who you know still want to be relevant. You've got teams that still want to be relevant. Otherwise, they're going to go back to to what league, and they're probably going to dominate those leagues because they've got those players yeah, and, but, and, and, and the cash and, and a little bit of cash yes, as well also yes, helps. Yes, of course it does. Um, Interesting this week, as I said, Chris Scott saying about Tasmania, he's happy with it getting ticked off. They've got, they've raised almost seven hundred fifty million for a new stadium. Um, it's still a long way off getting a decision made on that, and uh, so I'm interested to see what happens because they realistically probably need a roof down there. We're going to come back in just yes. a moment, have a look at the weekend need preview, and need we want your Moons's six pack and give us the best stadiums that you've ever played at. Still to come on the wash up this morning, we're going to take a look at the local footy scene, GFL, BFL and GDFL all in action this weekend. We'll be joined by Vinnie Van Allshot from the Geelong Times to cover off those games and the matches of the round. And if you want to stay up to date with all the local footy news, make sure you head to timesfooty.au. Get the latest footy results online or receive them in your inbox every Monday morning for free. Yes, for free. Just head to the website timesfooty.au or more details on the Geelong Times Facebook page. Still plenty to come this morning. As we said, local footy on the way. And Moons' six-pack up next. For the Geelong Times, this is the warm-up with Warlow and Moons. For the Geelong Times, this is the warm-up with Warlow and Moons. Welcome back. We're going to take a look at the rest of round seven in just a moment for the weekend preview. This is the warm-up. Matt Warner, Cam Mooney with you. And uh, Moons, one of our great sponsors on this year is Little Creatures. Love getting to Little Creatures. Fantastic venue in Geelong. And, of course, they have some great beers now. I know Furphy has been quite popular, but Little Creatures, if you're in the Geelong area, head down there and check it out. We will not be disappointed, Matty. All right, let's uh, let's take a look at Moons' six-pack, thanks to Little Creatures. Moons' six-pack. Righto, Moons, we're going to get each and every week your six-pack of the week. And off the back of speaking about Tassie potentially coming in, well, they're coming in, but how, in what form is, I guess, the question in terms of a stadium. I wanted to get you... It's great that they're coming. Great that they're coming in. Let's get the right money. Let's get a roof on if we can. But I want to get your six-pack this week and tell me the six best grounds that you've played in or at in your AFL career. We'll kick us off with number six. Oh, number six. Are we going back? Let's, let's right. work up well, to one. Well, obviously, I didn't get to play at Adelaide Oval or Optus Stadium. So I have to. I can't bring those guys, those grounds in, but I've been there. They are amazing. So number six, I'm going at the SCG. A little bit like the Gabba at night time. It gets really dewy up there for some reason. And both have de- uh, turf wickets too. Yeah, both have turf wickets. So, But it's a great ground. The atmosphere there. So we played uh, a losing semi-final against the Sydney Swans, the Nick Davis goal. Yep. And I can honestly say I've played in most of the big stadiums or up until Adelaide Oval and, and Optus came in. I've played in all the big stadiums in the country 
and I've never heard a noise like the SCG on that night in 2005. Yeah, wow. It was the most incredible thing, and unfortunately, we're on the wrong end of it. Uh, the other one at number five, this is a personal choice. I didn't love being out there, but I loved the ground because for some reason, I always seemed to play well at this ground. It's the ANZ Stadium. Yeah, that is left the, field. Yeah, I know. Very yeah. left field. Uh, it's not a place that I like going out to. It's bloody out, of out of the way. Out yeah. of whoop, whoop. It yep. was hard to get to. You get caught in traffic trying to get there. All those type of things, usually late to the game. But for some reason, we played Sydney there a, a lot. I think they had a contract out there when we were probably hot as a, as a football team at Geelong. Yep. And we just always seemed to win out there and had a really good record. And Actually, remember when Collingwood well. used to play Sydney out there in yeah. a standalone game? So there'd be seven games one week and then just Sydney and Collingwood yeah. the bye week. Yeah, it was so crazy. You look back now, it's stupid. Uh, <laughs> number, uh, number four coming in, Subiaco. Now, again, not a great stadium, but the ground itself I love because it was long. Yep. And I'm a centre-half forward I liked the space. Plenty uh, of room. You know, plenty of room to lead up. I wasn't a big pack mark center forward. I wasn't a carrier or a rewalt. You know, I was a guy who liked to get on his bike and, and lead. So that gave me a lot of space to lead into. You know, you get double-figured marks there a lot. So I absolutely love playing there. Number three, Marvel Stadium. Now, a lot of people complain about Marvel. I love Marvel. In, indoor arena. Like, it's incredible. Played there against St Kilda, you know, 2009, the, the, arguably the greatest home and away game that we've ever seen. Both 15 and zip, something Both like that? Both 13 and 13 zip we and were. Zip, yeah. uh, 50, 50 odd thousand people there. Still the biggest yeah, crowd. Yeah, still the biggest crowd. The noise was incredible. And just as a ground itself, you knocked the, you shut the roof and just the atmosphere was great. And I absolutely loved being there. And obviously, I wasn't a great goal kicker. So that when there was no wind, it just, just helped me a little bit. No, Sometimes that me. also doesn't give you many excuses. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Number two, this might be surprising, but the MCG. I mean, it's arguably yes, it is the greatest greatest ground and greatest stadium in the world, and particularly in our country, it's it's unbelievable. And that's where you get to play in the grand final, you get to play your finals, and I got to walk uh, you know a few laps around there holding a cup. So a very very special place for me. But the number one place that I loved playing at, it's very clear. MCG too, Cadinia Park. Yeah, I mean, okay. home of Catland, and I just wish. I honestly wish we, when I say we, I'm talking about the boys that I played with in those premiership years, got to play at the ground that it is now. Yeah. The stadium that it is now. Um, it's When it gets finished, it is going to be arguably one of the greatest regional stadiums in the world. Yep. Particularly in the Southern Hemisphere. Uh, you know, they get to play night games there, which we never did. And just the ground itself, again, it was long. Uh, it was a bit more narrow, but as a centre forward, it was a great place to lead and all of those type of things. And obviously, you're playing in front of 95 to 98 percent Geelong people. Yeah, and it was just incredible. And we went on a run there. I think we won nearly about 30 games in a row and all of those type of things. And yeah, I absolutely loved being at Cadinia Park. Uh, yeah, special venue for the Cats. Have had a great record there, of course. Which was your favourite end? Uh, down the River End, actually. Yeah, right, Barn River. Yeah, Barn yep. River. So the old Red Chicky, which is the, the players now. There you go. That's Moons of Six Pack this week for Little Creatures. Get in and grab yourself a great drop at Little Creatures this weekend. Right, time for the weekend preview. Weekend preview for Narellon Pools. We bring dreams to life. Let's take a look at the rest of Round 7 in the AFL, the weekend preview, thanks to Norellan Pools and Moons. There's some uh, big games coming up this weekend. Uh, obviously, the Cats have got the country game coming up mm-hmm. tomorrow against the Bombers. The Bombers have 
they're looking decent. Obviously, they pushed the pies during the week, which is you know a good effort. They probably should have put them away and even sort of yeah. got the first goal in the last quarter and won that game. But I guess they don't seem as flimsy as they may have done in the last few years. They, they look like they've got a pretty good structure and it's holding together. Look, I don't think anyone really thought Essendon was going to start the way that they have. And, and look, it's exciting footy. And I love watching it. And yeah, they, they should have won on the week uh, last week on Anzac Day against Collingwood. But I think we've got to remember Collingwood is a genuine premiership contender. Like genuine. Like, yep. they, they were just so exciting to watch. Uh, we'll talk a little bit later about just... If you're not a Collingwood person, you almost, for some reason, start liking Collingwood oh, a little bit. I don't know what's it's, going it's on there. It's hard to say, but I no, know. I really do. I love watching them play. But back on to Essendon is, you know, they are playing a brand of football that uh, is a hell of a lot better than they have over the last couple of years. Spoken to a couple of Essendon boys, I guess, at the start of the year, and they just they just feel like they've got more clarity on how they want to play and who they want to be and all of those type of things. And they've still got like guys like Wright to come back and some injured players to come back into the team. And when that happens, I think they're going to be okay. Yep, they might slip into the eight. They haven't won a final for a while, so they're hoping to push in and, and do just that. They play the Cats on Sunday at one ten at the MCG. That's the big country game. Looking forward to that, actually, because the Cats have been very, very solid, or more than solid in the last couple of weeks. So this will be a nice little test for them out on the MCG. Well, again, we, we talk about Geelong's rise, I guess, from a horrid start, zipping three. Uh, they beat Hawthorne, who they should, should have beat. Uh, did a number on them. In well, the in the end. Well, in the end, they yep. played, played half a game of, yep. against them. Uh, then they played West Coast. And again, that was a team that... We're talking about the t- two teams that are going to finish probably 17th and 18th. Yep. Uh, so they should have beaten them. Uh, probably not a great second half for that game either. And then you thought, well, Sydney's going to be their big test. And unfortunately for Sydney, they were completely depleted, particularly down back. They had no defenders and they got completely smacked around the ball and they got smashed up forward. So again, you're still looking for this test against for, for Geelong. Have they come up against a, a good side in the last three weeks? Well, the answer is no, unfortunately, for Sydney. And Sydney are a great team, but we know the injuries that they had. So they haven't come up against a great team in three weeks. So this is going to be their big test. But as we always talk about in footy, Matty, confidence is the greatest thing that you can have. Yep. And they've been building and building and building, and confidence grows. Even if you're, you're beating up on the weak teams, your confidence grows. And this is a team that we know clearly is... Uh, ex um coming off a premiership. So they've got players that we know are stars and they're a great team. So their confidence is building. This is going to be their biggest test, though. Let's quickly run through the rest of the round. Another good game we'll just touch on is Adelaide and Collingwood. That game at Adelaide Oval, oh. 4.40 on Sunday. The Crows are in some serious form. The Pies have got a couple of players back as well. Um, obviously scraping over the line. They've still got some big man issues. But the Crows have been a bit of a surprise packet this year, and they're actually, like the Pies, I guess, in a way, a, a good team to watch. Great they're, team to watch. And like St Kilda, just the, the biggest big surprise packets of the year. I mean, we always talk about who are the teams that are going to jump up into that top four or into the eight that were, were out of it, and who are the ones that are going to fall out. And I don't think anyone really picked Adelaide to jump up. They really didn't. And what we're seeing at the moment is... I think the obvious choice is probably Carlton. Yeah, absolutely. But and they're not... And, nothing, and maybe... Yeah, they're, yeah. they're going to be they're, somewhere around there. Yep. Um, St Kilda is the other one. I don't think too many people would pick them, but they're up there. Um, but yeah, I mean, from an Adelaide point of view, it's exciting. And to have Adelaide-Collingwood on a Sunday night, last game of the round, huge crowd. I mean, this will be completely sold out. Yep. Uh, and, and both teams, obviously, in ripping Nick. Collingwood, I think, are the best team in the competition. This is going to be an absolute belter. Cannot wait for it.
Let's quickly run through the rest of the round with some tips. We'll just get some one-word answers. Brisbane and Fremantle this afternoon. That's up at the Gabba. <laughs> Brisbane by a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sydney and GWS, uh, which is a bit of a... That's a 50-50 Yeah, game it really is because of the injuries, but I'm still going to go with Sydney just because of their experience. Dogs found some form against the Dockers last week. They take on the Hawks. Doggies for me. Doggies were excellent last week. The Ds will be too strong over North yes. Melbourne, you expect. West Coast Carlton at Optus. West Coast obviously aren't trailing very well. Carlton just need a, a kill. Oh, Car- Yeah, well, if, if Carlton don't win this one, <laughs> put a line through them, seriously. Yeah. Uh, Bombers and Geelong, I'm assuming you're taking the Cats. Going Geelong, but only just. Tigers, Gold Coast. It's a bit of a yeah, Tigers, underwhelming Tigers game on been, Sunday yeah, afternoon. Tigers have been disappointing. Um, a lot of people thought they were going to be right up there. I, I wasn't quite that bullish on them, but they should win that one. Channel 7 would be disappointed. Mm-hmm. That's their main game on Sunday afternoon, Richmond, Gold Coast. <laughs> and Adelaide and Collingwood to finish off the round. Look, you can't, you, you can't not pick Collingwood until they lose, yep. basically, until they fall away on form because they are the best team in the comp, but Adelaide's going to give it a good shake. Absolutely. That's our weekend preview. All thanks to Norellan Pools. Coming up, we're going to go through our marketplace and touch on some local footy. Another big weekend coming your way. For the Geelong Times, this is the warm-up with Warlow and Moons. For the Geelong Times, this is the warm-up with Warlow and Moons. Still plenty to come this morning on the warm-up. We've got our marketplace coming up very soon, all thanks to Metricon. But each and every week on the show, we're going to take a look at the local footy scene as well, keeping you up to date with what's happening across the region. Let's get into it. Local footy for bloodmotorgroup.com.au. Each and every week, we're going to take a look at the local footy scene, thanks to bloodmotorgroup.com.au. And joining us from the Geelong Times is Vinny Van Orshot. Vinny, welcome, mate. How are you? Good, thanks, Matt. How are you, mate? Very well. Uh, another big weekend of local footy. We had the Anzac Day clashes we'll get to in just a second uh, on Tuesday. So some teams sort of with a tight turnaround. Let's let's touch on the Anzac Day very quickly in the GFL. Joey's and South Barwon head-to-head. Yeah, it's a big game between South Barwon and St. Joseph's. It was, a, it was a classic Anzac Day contest. So St. Joseph's just hanging on to the final siren there by seven points, led by Oliver Haneke's four majors, and uh, put Joey's in early command of the GFL campaign with three wins from three outings. So a big win for them. Looking very good indeed. Mark Neild, of course, coaching South Bar. And let's, uh, let's look forward to this weekend, because that's what it's all about, the GFL. Where's our match of the round? Where are we, where are we looking? Well, match of the round is dead centre in the centre of Geelong. You've got St Mary's and Leopold capping off round three action. With a GFL grand final rematch at Anthony Costa Roble. So my pick for the game of the week is quite objectively with neither side yet to put their best foot forward to this point in the season, both with early losses, but both both teams eager to crack the top five sooner or later. Very good. St Mary's, of course, the reigning premiers. And let's take a look at the rest of the GFL. What have we got this weekend? Yes, mate. So North Shore and Joey's will get a convenient week off in round three after their original draw was brought forward to April 1 to launch the season. Uh, Grovedale and Colac, the two Tiger outfits of the JFL, will battle for Big Cat supremacy at Birdie Reserve. <laughs> Newtown and Chilwell and South Barwon meet at Eldersley Reserve, where Newtown also hopes to make it a 3-0 and start to the season. Geelong West, who are yet to tally its first win of the campaign, take on St Albans at West Oval. 
and early ladder leaders on percentage bell park take on Lara at Hamlin Park. So big week of footy in the JFL. Absolutely. Let's have a quick look at the BFL. We had Anzac Day clash with Port Arlington and Drysdale over the weekend. And I think Mottawari also was on the receiving end of a quite a toweling from Barwon Heads. How was Tuesday's game for Anzac Day? Well, it was relatively close, Port Arlington hanging around with Drysdale in that first term, but Drysdale just too quality of a side. They ended up kicking 27 goals on the day to take out the win, 177-53 over their northern Ballerain neighbours. And the rest of the round for the BFL, where are we looking at this weekend? Yes, mate. So Drysdale hosting Ocean Grove at Mortimer Oval, which will be an interesting clash there between two mid-table sides at the moment. Uh, Queenscliff looks to make it back-to-back wins at home against Anglesey, who are hopeful for a bounce-back after its loss to Torquay. Geelong Amateur takes on Newcomb down at Queen's Park, whereas Port Arlington, still looking for its first win of the campaign, take on Mottawari, who copped its biggest defeat of the season, as you mentioned, to Bowen Heads over the weekend. But uh, the biggest match of the round by a country mile is Torquay versus Bowen Heads. Grand final rematch from last season, both sides undefeated to this point, and the clear-cut contenders for the flag at this stage of the season. So this clash, coupled with the reverse fixture in round 15 later this season, could very well decide who gets that week one bye in finals. So a lot of riding on this contest. Yeah, they certainly seem like the two teams to beat again this season. Let's touch on the GDFL, where it was a classic Anzac Day bout on Tuesday between Bankburn and Inverlee. Yes, definitely. And a uh, unexpected uh, surprise superstar from that game in Young Tiger, Liam Elzinga, he kicked a bag at Victoria Park on Tuesday. But Bannockburn and Inverley certainly wrote another chapter in its long-lasting rivalry uh, with the former edging out the Hawks on the Anzac Day by just two points. So an extremely close bout between those two sides. And quickly, mate, just run us through the rest of, or sorry, the upcoming round in the GDFL. Yeah, so round four in the GDFL, mate, is North Geelong taking on Bellpost Hill at Keith Barclay Oval. Carayo uh, and Anarchy will both get their best, possibly their best opportunities at the first wins of the campaign as the two bottom of the ladder sides meet at Shell Reserve. Thompson, one of three teams to remain undefeated through three rounds, will look to make it four on the trot if they can get the win over Geelong West. Meanwhile, Werribee Central, who has surprised the competition so far, could very well make it a three and one start if they can emerge victorious against Belmont at Galvin Park. Uh, a pair of Sunday games in the JDFL, Winchelsea and Inverley, will meet at Eastern Reserve down in Winch, while the other two undefeated sides in East Geelong and Bannockman hope to outdo one another at Richmond Oval in this week's JDFL Game of the Week. Uh, the Eagles fresh off a 10-goal win over the Magpies and Bannockburn came to build off its close Anzac Day win. So another huge week of football in the JDFL uh, across the board. Excellent, mate. And if you want to catch up with all the footy results, head to Times Footy, get the latest footy results online or receive them in your inbox every Monday morning for free, timesfooty.au. Go and check that out. Vinny from the Geelong Times, thanks for joining us, mate. Have a good weekend. Have a good one. The Marketplace for Metricon. Homes for every budget. Homes for every budget, Metricon. Go and check them out at metricon.com.au. It is the marketplace. It's would we buy or sell these statements, Moons? We're going to go through them in uh, just a second. So uh, that is the segment. All thanks to Metricon Homes. I'm going to kick you off. I'm going to ask the first question. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Cameron, buying or selling? He's the oh. best player in the game right now. Buying and buying a lot of stock. He is the best player in the competition. Better than Nick Dacos at the moment? Yeah, absolutely, mate. He is... He's the ultimate prototype 
of what you would want your footballer to be. He's six foot five, runs like the wind, unbelievably skillful, courageous, and just he is incredible. He is what you would want to be as a footballer. And from the outside looking in, seems like a pretty good yeah, bloke too. He's a ripping person. So uh, to you. Now the bounce, not my show, but the bounce, the actual <laughs> bounce of the ball. Is it now embarrassing? It is embarrassing. I'm buying that because I feel like the game's gone past the bounce. I think we're, I don't know if we're noticing it more or it's getting worse. I don't know. I what think the it's getting worse. I think it is getting worse. What I can't understand with the bounce, right? Two things. Firstly, they bounce the ball and, it, and it's a mistake or it goes outside where the ruckman are, so they, they draw it back. We lose three seconds off the clock, which for oh. me, it doesn't make any sense. But then they throw it up. Yeah. So why don't we just throw it up to begin with? It, it's on the back of also the 666 rule. No warnings. Just should be mm-hmm. if you're out of your position, it's a free kick to that team. I don't want to come and say, right, Essen, you're out of position. This is a warning. You don't get a warning for a high tackle. No. You don't get a warning for anything else. So I think the bounce is embarrassing on buying that this week. I think uh, I'm with you. I think it's time to go. I do like it, though, at the start of the game or a start of a quarter. If you're going to do it off the top of the quarter, if it goes 10 metres one way, just play on. Yeah, I don't mind that. So it's I don't just, mind that. Yeah. Anyway, so I don't, I don't like it at the moment. All right, you're buying or selling. Craig McRae has made Collingwood more likable. Buying. I genuinely love watching Collingwood play. I, I've interviewed Craig McRae. He's a ripping person. I've got to interview uh, a lot of the Collingwood players, the Dacos boys, who are just, just gentlemen. Yep, well spoken. Well spoken. They're respectful. Uh, There's no arrogance there. Young Ginevan, who everybody wants to jump up and down on. Again, he comes up to you. Hey, Moons, how you going? Just, just a nice kid. Very respectful. They've got a great game plan. They're exciting to watch. And, and yes, I've over the last twelve months have genuinely loved watching Collingwood play. It's hard to believe, but a lot of people are agreeing with you. A lot of people now think that. you know, because they are playing attractive football, not necessarily the mm. best team in the comp, although they're there abouts at the moment, that uh, that they're more likable. There you go. Well, that is the marketplace for Metricon Homes. Uh, what well our Moons. Good effort there, mate. That is it for our first show. Beautiful, buddy. Good job, mate. See you next uh, week. We'll be back next week with another warm-up. Stick around, though, for Off the Bench. It's coming up next. Uh, have a great weekend.